going back to a 100-mile race after that uh, kind of feels like a half marathon. Dizwins Radio, episode 1000 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, hey, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to say thanks. Thanks for uh, being here. Thanks for giving the show a listen. Uh, Maybe it's your first time. Maybe it's your thousandth time. But, uh, you know, coming off of the Thanksgiving holiday weekend here in the States and uh, turning over another digit, uh, jumping from 999 to 1000, uh, seems like the perfect time to to not plug anything and just say thank you. Thank you for... uh, taking me with you on uh, however many runs or walks or road trips or whatever. Uh, Thanks for for spreading the word, telling people about the show. Um, Just thanks. Thanks. So, uh, you know, from from me to you, appreciate your time, appreciate your attention. Um, And here's to to another thousand episodes, eh? Anyway, without any further ado, thanks for listening. Let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, my guest today is a lady that is uh, no stranger to logging some serious miles out on the trail whenever she gets the uh, the opportunity to do so. So, you know, over the last decade or so, from 100 milers to, to FKT attempts, which we'll talk about FKTs. If you're not sure what that means, we'll get to that, of course, as well. Um, she's been getting out there, uh, like I said, every chance she gets with no plans of slowing down or cutting back anytime soon. Uh, so needless to say, no shortage of things to talk about today. So we'll just go ahead and get the party started and officially welcome Ms. Lauren Jones to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Lauren. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to it. And guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation and, and kind of w- want to follow along and, and see what stuff she's got going on and, and uh, lots of things always going on, uh, but eastcoastultra.co is the website. We'll get to that a little bit as, as we go. Uh, and, and you can also connect with her on Instagram. Um, at East Coast Ultra for the, the East Coast Ultra side of things, which again, we'll talk about and more personal stuff and, of course, running stuff as well on Instagram at lauren.runs.4.grilled.cheese. So, you know, that's not a Twitter handle when you got half your characters used up there. Definitely Instagram. Again, Lauren Runs for Grilled Cheese with the dot in between each and every word. Uh, and as per usual, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes, just like always. Dizruns.com slash 1000 today. Dizruns.com slash 1000. Is that enough zero zero one zero 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 something like that one thousand disruns.com slash one thousand uh, get you back to the show notes for today all the links all the photos as per usual so Lauren the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a with a simple question to ask um, sometimes it's an easy one to answer sometimes it's a little bit of a head scratcher especially for you ultra ultra distance people uh, seems to be a little bit more difficult sometimes than for more of the road running community but one way or the other it's a good question and it gets the party started or it gets, gets the conversation started and gives us plenty of places to go from there and it's simply ask what is your favorite distance to race and why oh wow okay I think my favorite distance to race is a hundred miles um, I'm not fast enough to do like to race and win, you know, 50 K's and short stuff, but I can grind out a hundred miles and it's uh, long enough to, you know, like really test your limits 
but you still, it's like short enough to still race. <laughs> I if feel like I, I feel like I say this every time I talk to ultra runners that we, you know, when you say the shorter stuff, like 50 Ks, like that's just kind of mind blowing. And then, <laughs> you know, a hundred miles, like it's not, it's not too short, but like, it's, it's not too long. It's short enough to race. Like that's, you know, mind blowing again. Um, but again, you know, one of the, one of the beautiful things about our sport is that if you want to go short, like really like legitimately short and fast, something a mile or 5k or something like that. Hey, more power to you. If you want to just grind it out over the course of, you know, 20 to 24 plus hours uh, at, at, for a hundred miler also no, 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 uh, you know, you do what you do, what works for you. Yeah. Choose your own adventure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, how did you get into to running, Lauren? Like you said in the intro, it's been, it's been, you've been running races for, for a while now and, and all over the place, which we'll get to as, as we kind of go. Uh, but, but when did, when did running kind of start for you? Uh, it really didn't start till after grad school for me. Um, I took a job out of grad school up in Baltimore and lived up there for a few years. And then when I moved away from there, my friend asked me to come back and run a half marathon. And I was like, no way, dude, that's way too long. Um, so she, she tore me down over a while and I finally agreed to do it. And I had the absolute most fun time of my entire life. I was like on a high for like a month afterwards. And I was like, I love this. This is awesome. Um, and then jumped straight into a marathon after that. And then I was like, well, this wasn't so crazy. I thought, you know, I thought a half marathon, I thought a marathon was crazy. I could never do anything like that. And I was like, it really wasn't that bad. So I started looking for other stuff and, uh, found out that there was this whole like trail running situation. You could do longer runs and all that stuff. So I did a 50 K, uh, and then I never looked back and trail running has been my thing ever since. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I feel like everybody kind of does this where it's like, yeah, you know, I just did, I did this one and then that one. And then, you know, at, at some point it just kind of, you know, the, 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 the toothpaste is out of the tube and there's, there's no going back. Um, but, but was, was especially maybe the first marathon. Cause it, like, it sounds like the first, the, the half marathon, especially with a friend, pretty, pretty fun. Like, like no big, I don't want to say no big deal. Cause you, you train for it and you, and you prepare. Um, but I feel like a lot of times again, just from some conversations I've had in the past, and, and maybe I've even been guilty of this myself, you kind of gloss over some of the rough patches in the, in the early days. Was it, was it, were there, were there some rough patches or were there some, some struggles maybe in the half marathon, certainly stretching out to the marathon or was it, was it pretty, pretty just linear? Like this is fun. And, and all the new distances are, you know, as far as training runs going well, like, like were there some rough patches in the early days as far as running goes for you? Yeah, I think there's always rough patches. It was all like so new to me. Like I still remembered like very vividly exactly where it was the first time I hit 10 miles on a training run. It was the longest I'd ever run in my entire life. I still remember exactly where I was. Um, so it was like always a new adventure and always something new every time I went out, you know, and achieved a new distance. So it was pretty all in all smooth sailing. Um, for the most part for the marathon, like half marathons and marathons, and then trying to switch over and figure out how to run trails was definitely a little more challenging um, and then, and then there's been all kinds of, all kinds of bumps in the road. <laughs> I've had probably every tendonitis known to man. Right. Uh, but oh, it's smooth sailing at the beginning, which I think was what kind of fired me up to like, see what else I could do. Yeah, it definitely, definitely helps when the, when the early days aren't too, uh, too miserable along the way. Um, which, which not everybody can, I can't say necessarily my, my early days, I just didn't know what I was doing and just got so far in over my head and this is stupid. And then I'll never do that again. And then of course, you know, I, I did it again and, and here we are. But, right. um, 
I'd love to, to maybe dive into just a little bit of that transition from road running to trail running. Cause that's, that's a question I get not super regularly, but it's not, not uncommon that, that people are like, Hey, you know, whether it's just a, a local, like a trail, you know, a, a, kind of some of the random distance, a, a local trail seven K or, you know, something like that. Um, or getting into ultra distances or whatever the case might be. But, but for people that have never run trails before, or at least very, very limited trail running experience, um, it can really be a whole different world out there. How did that transition go for you? Yeah, it was a whole different world. Um, I So my first uh, trail race, my first ultra was the Atlanta Guts Fat Ass 50K. Um, it's super low-key. It's at a pretty local park here with just like really easy trails, rolling stuff, nothing, no crazy climbs, nothing crazy. So like very beginner-friendly trails, which is nice. And it was like a 25-minute drive from my house. So I could go actually train on the course. And you just do like five laps of the exact same thing or six laps. I forget. But um, so it's, it's kind of easy. There's one aid station there in the middle. Um, and so I did that. And in the course of trying to train for that, I actually met um, a friend, John Molinar. And I was lucky early on in my trail days to have somebody that kind of take me under his wing and kind of show me the ropes and everything. I wasn't like looking for it, but like he ended up being there and he took me on my first true mountain run up and on the AT took me on my first night run, all the things. So it, that definitely eased the transition for sure. But, uh, we ran into quite a few rattlesnakes. (laughs) Like my very first mountain run, uh, was a very large rattlesnake. I don't know what it was. It was on steroids for sure. Um, and I like cried and like lost it. And I was like, there are no rattlesnakes in road running. I'm definitely going back to the roads. Uh, and I very strongly considered giving up trail running at that point, <laughs> but luckily I powered through. I'm still here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the wildlife encounters, you know, so often they're not that. At least in my relatively limited trail running experience, like you can see some things, but they're not that. You know, like it, it's it's not too bad. But every once right. in a while, you just stumble upon the the right or maybe the wrong situation. Um, and it can be, it can, it can, it can shake you pretty good. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, wildlife is wildlife and, and that's, you know, you don't want to cross the, the, the mama bear or the mama mountain lion or the steroided up rattlesnake or whatever in, in the wrong situation, startle them. And then, uh, you know, they ask, they, they, they wait to ask the questions and, and you're stuck with, you know, the consequences. Um, so, so in that, you know, kind of in that story, like no, I, no rattlesnakes on the trail, what, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to the roads. Why, why did you not, why did you end up pivoting and, and really sticking with the, the trails for the most part since then? Uh, a large part of it, I have to give credit to my friend, John, who kept mm-hmm. me going out there, kept me motivated and made fun of me for being scared of it. So then I'm like, well, if he's going to make fun of me, I can't be like a wimp, you know? Um, and then I just love the trails, the, you know, the scenery, it's peaceful. It's just a whole different atmosphere and feeling when you're out there. And I just, you know, not that you can't get that on the roads. I just get it so much easier on the trails. And I just love seeing new things. I was so scared of the woods as a kid and, like, as a younger adult. And I was like, there's no way I'm ever going camping in my life. I don't want to go hiking. I don't want to do any of this stuff. And so to be out there and, like, kind of combat the fears and kind of come over it was, I don't know, it was kind of empowering. Yeah, yeah. And, and. I, I know for me, again, and, and again, it's, it's not, um, everybody's in their own situation and their own experiences and whatnot. Like I, I grew up in, in small town, Northern Michigan, lots of woods, like, like lots of time spent in the woods. 
Um, but never time at night really spent in the woods. And and the times that I've run through the night in the trails, that's a whole other different experience than than running um, in the daylight. And and uh, every sound sounds like it must be something that's just out to to get you when more than not often than not it's nothing but a little mouse or something like that that has nothing has no desire to come near you at all right yeah it's, it's shocking how loud a squirrel can be um and how terrifying they sound uh it took me a really long time to get comfortable running at night uh and now i love it it's one of my favorite things uh you know it's just like a learning curve of realizing that every squirrel is not going to eat you it's probably not a bear right. <laughs> you know just kind of doing it enough times to get comfortable with it. Um, but now it's like super peaceful and it's really fun. And it's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, what, what, and maybe that's, maybe you just answered it, but, but what, what is it that about the trail running at night that, that, uh, you know, kind of you, you enjoy so much? Yeah, it's kind of all the same things where it's like, I was so afraid of it. And then I feel like I've at least somewhat conquered that fear. You know, there's always fear back there, but to know that I can, like put the fear, fear aside and still go out and do it. Um, that always feels really good. Um, and then there's just no one out there, you know, and you kind of, you know, not to be weird, but you kind of feel like a badass. Right. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm out here crushing these trails in the dark and like no one's out here. It's, it's just kind of fun. Yeah. And I, I would imagine that the nobody being there, it, it, sometimes the part of the allure for some folks, maybe not for everybody, but for some folks, the allure of trail running is that it's less crowded. You can be out there and really not see too many people over the course of, of, you know, several hours or, or however long you're going to be out there. Um, and I imagine that that, you know, at night that only even ramps up even more as far as you're not going to run into it really very often run into anybody, um, when the sun's down and you're out on the trails. Yeah, for sure. And, um, like during a race, it's, you know, the fear for sure goes way down because, even though I may be alone on my section of trail, I like to know that there are other runners and there's an aid station somewhere out here. You don't feel alone out there. Right. Um, so in a race, it's even, even more fun. Cause you can just kind of let go and relax because you know, you may seem like you're alone at this moment, but you're definitely very not alone. Right. Right. So getting back in, into, to the race talk then, you know, the first, the first ultra experience being a, a fat ass, which for those that aren't aware, like you, I mean, you kind of painted the picture, but it's pretty relaxed, just kind of low key, usually not even timed, just everybody's kind of out there doing their thing. Um, what was the, what was the first quote unquote official, uh, race experience of, of trail and ultra running for you? It was the guts Atlanta fat ass 50 K. I'm sure I messed up the name. Um, and it, that is where my, name comes from i had never experienced a ultra aid station before i'd only been to road races mm. and i made my first like five mile loop and came back to the aid station and was looking at the table of food and i was like oh a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that sounds great yeah i'll have a little piece of that and then the volunteer pulled the cover away and she was like or do you <laughs> want this fresh hot grilled cheese and i was like oh my gosh that's i've never wanted anything more in my life and i was like okay I can eat grilled cheeses and run. Yeah, this is, this is my sport. This is my place for sure. Yeah. That's, that's a, a, an interesting first experience that, that first time you get to an ultra aid station. I remember, um, and I'm sure I've told this story before, but you probably haven't heard it, Lawrence. So I'll tell you and everybody else can just kind of listen along. But, um, my, my, it was still early in my, my marathon days, but I was running one of those, um, kind of like, half marathon, marathon, 50 K 50 mile, all, all kind of sharing the same trail situations. Um, and, and 
I come into the first aid station and at that point I'd run a handful of, of road marathons and kind of, you know, like and I, now I say aid station all the time, but I mean, I thought it was just a water stop, right? Where there's water, maybe there's, there's a couple of gels, something like that. Maybe some, some Gatorade or something similar. And yeah, it was the whole nine of like cookies and, and crackers and, and sandwiches and, and all the, you know, the pickles and just all the things that, that tend to be common at, at an aid station. And I was like, what, what is going on? Like, who is eating all this stuff during, during a race? Like, do these people not realize that we're not out for a picnic? Like we're out to, to run. Um, and now, you know, now it's like, yes, those are, I, I kind of want those at, at road marathons. If I'm, if I'm quite honest, like I would love to have an aid station like that at mile, you know, 17, not, not that I eat much, but just, you know, just a little bump in spirit that you get from a hot grilled cheese or, you know, some potato chips or whatever it might be that isn't quite the same when it's just, you know, uh, choke down a, a gel and keep on keeping on. Yeah, for sure. I, um, so I got so used to the aid station buffet spread. And, uh, before I made the switch to trails, I had qualified for Boston. And so as the time came around to actually register for Boston, it took like a year, year and a half mm-hmm. or something before I could actually run it. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess I'll go back and run it because I probably won't ever qualify again and come back to it. So I did it. And I go, had not trained on roads at all. It's completely into the trail running world. And I go to Boston and I'm like starving at like mile 18. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's okay. There's an aid station coming up. And I get there and there's water and Gatorade. And I was like, where is the grilled cheese? Where are the cookies? Where are the pickles? Where is everything? <laughs> like I couldn't believe that there was, I totally forgot that roads, uh, aid stations or water stops were just that, like water stops. Uh, and so I was a little miserable for the last, you know, six or seven miles. Uh, but then a, a nice uh, spectator handed me an entire full orange unpeeled right in my hand. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> you know, I was like, take me back, take me back to the trails. I can't do this. Side pivot, because uh, I, I never miss a, an opportunity to talk about Boston for, for a quick second. Um, because that's, that's one of my big goals is, 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 is I still have a ways to go. I, I'm, I'm on the uh, get a little bit older, get a little bit faster program to, uh-huh. to try to qualify for Boston. Um, but outside of the fact that the aid stations didn't live up to any trail race aid station ever, uh, what was your, what was your Boston marathon experience like? It was really cool. It was my slowest marathon cause I had not trained for, uh, roads for a long time. Um, but the atmosphere and the, the experience was really cool. Um, there's so many, you know, after being used to trails where you're very alone all the time, like we said, you go back to Boston and there's crowds the entire way and people all over the place. It was, it was like kind of shocking. I forgot like what road running was like, uh, but it was really cool. It was just, you know, just trying to like take it in the whole time. And be like I'm running Boston. This is so crazy. Um, so it was, it was really cool. It was fun. Good. And, and yeah, I mean, not only, not only road running, but you know, world major, major spectacle, um, yeah, there's, there's zero time that you're out, that, that you're by yourself for the Boston marathon near as I can tell, unless, unless you're running at the elite level and you just pull away and, and you're by yourself. Other, other than that, you're never going to be by yourself out there. Right. Yeah. And I can assure you, I'm not running at the elite <laughs> level, especially at Boston. So I was very much in the crowd of people the whole time, which was really fun. So yeah. it was a fun experience to go back and, and do. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Climbing the ladder for, for ultras. How did, how did that get like, not necessarily race by race, but like what you know, was that, was the progression kind of as, as relatively quote unquote easy as it was going half marathon to marathon, or were there some, some kind of hiccups along the way as you kind of have progressed out to, you know, hundred mile distances? Uh, it was 
fairly smooth-ish. I've had some setbacks here and there with like uh, I had plantar fasciitis at one point. I had uh, IT band stuff. So little things here and there just as I like upped my mileage in general uh, with overuse injuries. Um, but nothing that really took me out too bad. Um, so I, pro- I progressed kind of like regularly. I did a 50K. I think I did a couple 50Ks and then I did uh, my first 50 miler at the Georgia Jewel which is a great race, by the way, um, did that there. And then I did a couple 50 miles pretty much back to back. Like I did Georgia Jewel. I think I did Lookout Mountain that same year and then Cloudland Canyon. So they're all kind of like really close together. Um, so I did that for a few, a bit. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'll just, you know, progress from here. I don't know. It was all like super fun. And I couldn't believe that I could actually do these things, like go that far. My legs would let me do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like super exciting to see what else I could do. Um, actually, truth be told, I signed up for my first 100 miler after a few beers <laughs> and was like <laughs> trolling on ultra signups. And I was like, oh, there's a lottery opening up for Tahoe. Yeah, that sounds great. Just put me in that. And then I completely forgot about it. And then uh, months later, I got an email like New Year's Day morning, like, congratulations, you've been picked for the lottery. And I was like, wait, what did I do? <laughs> so, which I recommend is probably the best way to get into your first hundred. Cause it's a little scary to, to jump in there, but, uh, just kind of accidentally fall into a hundred is a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I mean, I guess so. You know, I, I feel, I was just about to say that, that, you know, scrolling through ultra sign up after a, a few beers deep may not be the best idea, but you, now you're going to tell me that that is the, the way to do it. Yeah. It's, it's, both right so sometimes you know post race you're like oh i'll never do that again and then two days later you start feeling really good you're having your recovery beers you're like let me just see what's on here and that could maybe not go well uh that's definitely how i've gotten signed up for a lot of stuff um but then if you're like afraid to make that jump i guess it can take away some of that fear Mm -hmm. for you so depends on how you look at it so, so for, for the first hundred, you know, after you, you sign up and, and, and like you said, you even enter the lottery. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, what, what are the, what are the odds, right? Everybody's, everybody's famous last, last, uh, last words. When you really want to get picked, that's when you don't get picked. When you're like, oh, I'll just throw my hat in. I'm not going to get picked anyway. It doesn't matter. That's, that's when you get picked. Um, right. but, but once, once maybe the new year's, uh, you know, beers kind of wear off a little bit, um, what's what's going what's going through the mind are you are you excited for it are you like oh shit is a little bit of both like kind of you know where where were you at when it was it was now gonna you know you're signed up and, and this is you know a possibility a real possibility yeah the first feeling was like oh shit what did i do and then i was like okay i guess i'm running 100 in like nevada and california like okay sure let's see um and then it was like well now what how do i train for it uh how do i get out there where do i stay like i had never done a race uh, like really far out of town, nowhere that I had to like fly to and figure out hotels and all that kind of stuff. It all been kind of local stuff with like pretty easy logistics. So figuring that out. And then I was like, well, I feel like I definitely need a crew for a hundred miler, but isn't that what people do? And I was like, I probably need a pacer. I feel like people do that. How do I get all that organized and get people out there? Uh, so it was like overwhelming for the logistics part of it. I was excited to run the race. Um, with like no goals at all other than just finish the race, get a buckle, do a hundred miles. Mm-hmm. Um, but having, figuring out the logistics was a lot for me. I'm not super organized. I'm not a good planner. So that was a lot, <laughs> but I got really lucky cause I have, 
uh, I have a twin sister and two younger brothers and they were all on board and all came out to help crew. And then my middle brother ran with me for like 30 miles. Well, yeah, making um, it a, a family affair definitely helps. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they're kind of like obligated because they're family. So <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, in, in, yes, they're obligated a little bit, somewhat, but also is, and I'm sure maybe you, I'm assuming maybe, maybe is a better way of saying it, but, you know, knowing what you know now, um, I feel like, you know, you, you put an SOS out in the, in the, the trail running community or even just in the, in the running community in general, but certainly you start getting in the trail and ultra community, like, Hey, I'm going to be here. Anybody, you know, might like, might be a little bit sketchy cause you, you never know who you're going to get, but, but more often than not, plenty of people are going to raise their hand and, 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 um, you know, you, to help keep you company or whatever the case might be to make that, that the logistics still difficult, but maybe a little bit less daunting. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like I know that now. Mm. Uh, but then I was like too new and like too shy to like ask people for help and didn't know enough people in the sport. And um, so I was really glad that I had some built in people. But now I feel and I've had that experience where you put the, the SOS out and people have come to my rescue and been super amazing. Um, so it's a really cool community, no doubt. Um, but I didn't know that right. so much at the time. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, how how are you supposed to know it until you kind of get into it, and and then and then it's like, oh, well, yeah, I guess I guess this 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 group of people are just as crazy as I am, and and uh, you know we've got we've got options at at pretty much every turn. So fast forward in a little bit, um, and I know I'm jumping like jumping over so much because uh, guys, if you check out her Lauren's ultra signup page, like it it just kind of you just kind of scroll forever, and it's like race after race after race after race. Um, but uh, Leadville been there been there a couple times once at least as far as i can tell maybe maybe more but a couple times once real good once not uh not so great what what's your uh, leadville experience been like yeah you got it i've been there twice um i it was one of those things where i put my name in the hat for the lottery and never thought i'd get picked and then i did in 2019 um i was also coming off of like a year of barely training and barely running um, for all the good reasons, life was great, and I was just enjoying all the other parts of life and just hadn't really done a whole lot of training, um, but was like, oh, it's fine. I've run 100 miles. I can run Leadville. Uh, you know, I live at sea level. No biggie. Right. So show up at Leadville. I got there a week before. You know, I was like, it'll be great. I'm, like, going to be there a week before. I'll be acclimated. It'll be perfect. Um, so go out the first, you know, I don't, if you know anything about the course, it's just a 50-mile out and back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the 20 mile, 25 mile section of the, before you turn around or within the turnaround, you climb up Hope Pass, which goes up to about 12,500 feet. Um, so you go up there, you drop all the way down into Winfield, which feels like a hundred miles away. (laughs) And then you turn (laughs) right around at mile 50 and you climb right back up Hope Pass, um, all the way back up. But that backside is much longer and much harder and much steeper. Uh, so, and I knew I didn't know all that going into the race. I didn't do any research. I had no idea what the course looked like. I knew it was 50 miles out and back. And that's about the extent of my knowledge signing, like lining up at the start line. Mm -hmm. So don't do that. Uh, (laughs) not the best strategy, but I went out and had a great first, like 35 miles, 40 miles. Um, and then I started the climb up Hope Pass. And that just like crushed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole race is already above, right around or above 10,000 feet. 
um, I think you dip to like a little around nine ish at one point, one low point, but that's the whole rest of the race is 10,000 or above. Um, so then you start climbing and it's a little soul crushing. Uh, I finally get up to the top of Hope Pass and I'm like, great. Okay. I got this halfway done. I just got to do it one more time. But I didn't realize just how far down the, uh, turnaround, the 50 mile turnaround was. Didn't quite realize just how far the climb back up that was and how bad that was. So it, totally crushed my soul. I was barely moving. My legs were just toast. Uh, and I made it back to Twin Lakes at mile like 60 around there. Like right, they were literally counting down the cutoff. Oh, like the whole man. crowd was like 10, 9, 8. So I sprinted across the, the line for the aid station. Um, and I just had never battled cutoffs before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have it written down like what the cutoffs were. I had no idea. So the whole time I was like, am I going to make it? I have no idea. So I barely made it in, kind of collapsed and, and then realized I still had 40 miles to go. Uh, <laughs> and I was just like a mess. I was crying on the side of the hill. Uh, my brother was there. My boyfriend, Tim was there and they were just like, Oh, she's a mess. She's not going to make it. And, uh, but the sweepers were there waiting for me to go. Mm-hmm. So I was very last place at Leadville, which felt really good. Uh, and then I set out, uh, from that a station on to the next. And I was just totally mentally done. Right. I think physically I could have done it, but, uh, cause that, the course is pretty runnable from there, but, uh, mentally I was super not in it and I ended up dropping at the next aid station. Mm. So less there, pretty crushed, pretty defeated. Uh, so I finally got to go back this past year after a whole debacle 2020, mm-hmm. 2020 was already a shit show for everybody, but I was going to go back to Leadville for redemption in 2020, was coming back to like hundred mile shape, signed up for a couple other races. Everything got canceled, which led to the whole SKT attempt. Mm. That was a shit show. But then I finally, <laughs> finally got to come back to Leadville this past year and finish it. And I was over two hours ahead of the cutoff at the one that I almost missed. So that nice. felt really good. Yeah. For for lack of a of a better question, which is I feel like the answer is probably the obvious, but but what what made the difference in in this year in 2021 and, and the successful uh, Leadville 100 versus the the first time around? Uh, I think a lot of it was just consistent training mm-hmm. uh, to start with, and then just mentally preparing and being familiar with the course, which was super helpful. Um, but just the mental aspect was big. Uh, when, when you haven't been training, at least for me, um, I super doubt myself. Um, and then I just haven't practiced that like mentality of, okay, you've, you've just been running for 20 hours, but you still aren't done and you still got a long way to go. And I don't know, the mental part is probably the hardest part usually of long races, long efforts. And if you just haven't been training, I really struggle with it. So just kind of getting back in that mentality again was really helpful. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I what I figured. Although um, I'm I'm curious, I guess, maybe not although, but in addition, I'm I'm curious about the the altitude issues. Being a uh, you know not living in, in at that type of altitude. I mean, I'm, I'm in Florida, so I think I'm probably even lower lower closer to sea level than you are, and you're already pretty close to sea level as it is. Um, did that did that affect you, or, or maybe how did it affect you? Like, how, how did you kind of navigate the the you know ten thousand feet and above situation? 
Yeah, it definitely affected me. Um, I was lucky that I didn't get sick or anything. I, like, I wasn't throwing up, didn't have headaches or anything, but it just like took everything out of my legs. Mm-hmm. And the last 30 miles was basically a hike. Uh, I just didn't have running legs left in me. Um, so it just exhausted my muscles and everything way more than normal because I usually have running legs left in me at the end of 100, but at Leadville, it was, I found a really strong power hike mm-hmm. <laughs> and I hiked it in for 30 miles. Um, but I was luckily not sick or anything from it, which is good. That's, that's tough when you're throwing up and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I just didn't, my legs were, my legs were done. Yeah. For sure. And, and I can, I can only imagine that, you know, that, that combination of, I know I've put the work in and so mentally you're still a bit stronger. Physically you're a bit stronger, even though your legs are dead. Like you can, you can rationalize why it's probably cause I can't breathe or there's not much oxygen up here. Um, which again, I mean, it kind of goes, I almost feel like it goes hand in hand as far as you're better prepared. So it's, it's easier to push through versus the year before, or you know, two years before where training wasn't there. So the confidence is already a little bit shaky and then the legs start getting super heavy because of the hiking, because of the altitude. Um, and it's just easy again, easier, whatever that for that, whatever that's worth for things to really devolve. And, and then it's just like, I'm done versus, you know, this year, obviously being uh, successful. Yeah, absolutely. And having the previous fail behind you is, for me, a huge motivator. It's mm-hmm. like, I can't fail at this twice. Right. Uh, so failing, uh, the fear of failing is definitely something that will get you moving and keep your head in the game, at least for me. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. So you, you glossed over in there the, the FKT attempt, which uh, we're going we're gonna to ungloss that. We're going to go back to that now. Um, for those that aren't aware, and I know we've talked about this a few times, but you know, new folks or whatever, um, FKT stands for fastest known time, which usually it's, it's a trail situation, uh, where, you know, you start at one end of the trail and go to the end. I mean, I've, there's, there's variables that, that, that mixed in there. Um, but it's, it's, and there's lots of different ways to, 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 you know, make it happen. But that's the, the, the gist of the idea is, is who is, you know, the fastest time that somebody's ever done from point A to point B, uh, with whatever certain, uh, you know, other, other confines or other, other guidelines that you might put in it as far as, supported unsupported meaning you know are you carrying all your stuff or can people drop whatever there's lots of details but um what was your uh your fkt attempt that uh that that was in your words a, a shit show last year <laughs> yeah uh so i tried to do the the entirety of the Penhody trail which is it goes from whichever way you start it's uh north georgia all the way into like central alabama and it's 350 miles um the Penhody trail i chose it because it was just uh, something that was super special to me. My very first 50 miler was on it. Um, I did something called the Pinhody Slam back in 2018, which is 300 milers in a calendar year, all on the Pinhody Trail. Um, and I just, and it ended with the Pinhody 100, which was like to date my favorite 100 I've done. I just had a blast. I had a great day. Like it was just, I don't know. I've always had great memories of the Pinhody. And so I was like, you know, I, uh, so 2019 fail at Leadville, all that stuff was super fired up then to come back and have 2020 be like my redemption year. Uh, I had signed up for Hellbender back for Leadville and I forget I had another race on there, but they all canceled of course with COVID, which is super fair. It makes sense. But then I was like, Oh, my redemption year has just been squashed and I was so bummed. And so I just needed some kind of a challenge to do. So I came up with the idea of going the entire Pinhody. I never, I don't think I ever really processed just how far 350 miles is. <laughs> it's very far. 
Um, so set off for that, I just randomly had a week of vacation from work in October. And so just chose that as the week to do it. And uh, I started, I wanted to go northbound. So you can go northbound or southbound. Um, either one is totally fine. And I decided to go northbound because I was less familiar with the Alabama side, more familiar with the Georgia side. And so it'd be fun to like end on my home trails, I thought. Um, started off, did great. It was like uh, feeling really good for several days there. And just as the days wear on, I don't think I had, I don't know how you do uh, totally mentally prepare for being out on the trail and trying to go at like, you know, such a hard effort for four or five days. Uh, and as the days went by, I just, it was just a lot. Uh, there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of crying. There's a lot of tears. Um, but by the end of it, my tendon and my left foot just completely gave out. So I battled like pretty severe pain for like 60, 70 miles. And then finally I just couldn't even flex my foot or my ankle at all, like couldn't use it. And so I finally called it, uh, like 85 miles from the end. Uh, so it was rough. It was, it suddenly changed from, oh my gosh, I only have 85 miles to go. It's so close to, oh my gosh, I have 85 miles to go. That is an insurmountable distance, uh, feeling the way that I felt. And so, uh, yeah, I ended up dropping. Uh, but despite that, I had run like 280 miles, which was beyond further than anything I'd ever thought I could do. Um, I was like overwhelmed with the support and the amount of people that came out and how amazing people were. Um, I had people lined up you know, I had one friend drive from Louisiana to come help. <laughs> uh, people from all over, just like excited to be there. Uh, we had some emergency issues, like a uh, pacer dropped last minute with family issues. And we had emergency SOS calls for someone to come out and pace. And I had more than, more than enough people like volunteer to come out on like a Tuesday night to come run with me. <laughs> uh, so it's just kind of overwhelming how amazing the people were and the community is um so despite like not getting the actual fkt and not finishing it uh the experience was pretty incredible uh and like more than i had bargained for i think so it was pretty great and you know despite a failure which you go back and forth and have all kinds of emotions for a while about but i still ran 280 miles <laughs> and that felt pretty good. And I felt all in all, if my tendon wasn't there, I felt pretty darn good mm -hmm. considering. And so I don't know, it was kind of cool. It was a pretty cool experience in that way, just to know that you could do something so incredibly crazy to know that there was people around that really wanted to help you. So it was a good, it was a good thing. And, and I would imagine, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but from a, from a mental confidence type of, of situation, you know, and, and again, I mean, going into the timeline, like this is between the two Leadville attempts. Um, but like, you know, it, yes, it didn't, it didn't go the way you wanted to. Yes. It was, you know, got to call it a failure, I guess, but like 280 miles is still 280 miles. And that's, that's, that's a big chunk. And so, you know, I, I feel like that's, it's a good mental boost for other races now where it's like, Hey, you know, this is a hundred mile race or whatever. And I'm getting tired, but like I've done 280 before I can grind out the last 15 miles of this hundred mile race or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, going back to a hundred mile race after that, uh, kind of feels like a half marathon <laughs> compared, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, this is fine. I don't even have to sleep. 
I can just push through one time and yeah, I can struggle through a hundred miles if I can struggle through 280 miles for sure. So yeah, the mental boost was huge. Um, so it was definitely helpful. Uh, I'll take your word on a hundred miles now feeling like a half marathon, but I get, I get the sentiment. <laughs> I get what you're trying to say. Um, but, but that wasn't the only, uh, FKT. There was a, a Appalachian trail, George, the Georgia section of the Appalachian trail FKT attempt. How did, how did that one go? Yeah, that one was great. So I, after my failed Kenhody attempt, I still wanted some kind of an FKT just cause I had really gotten it like into that, um, world. And like, was just so, I had no idea that that, you know, you, you don't realize trail running is a thing. You don't realize ultra running is a thing. And then I didn't realize that FKTs was a thing. So you just kind of dive into all the different worlds and uh, it was pretty cool. And so after the failed ginormous attempt of 350 miles, I decided to go for something a little shorter. Um, so I chose the Georgia AT, which is about 75 miles, but it was still meaningful because the AT, it was my first mountain run. It was my first night run. I've spent tons of miles on the AT um, so that was still like a really cool trail to do. Um, so that was, that was super fun. Um, it starts off with, uh, so I started, I went southbound from the North Carolina border down to Springer mountain. Um, one, cause that's just kind of the route that everyone has taken mm-hmm. that's done it before. And then also because the start at the North Carolina border actually requires like a three and a half, four mile hike in cause there's no, uh, there's no trailhead access mm-hmm. right at the border. Um, and I would rather do the hike at the beginning than the end. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that was fun. And then it's fun to end on Springer, which is like the actual terminus of the AT. So it's just kind of a cool spot. And I've spent, I don't know how many, how many days hanging out on the top of Springer and running up there and all that stuff. So that was just a cool place to end. Um, but yeah, that day went great. I felt amazing. The weather was perfect. Um, I just had a really good day. It was fun. Um, so I ended up, I beat the uh, men's and women's record. Actually, there wasn't a women's, um, but I beat the men's record. Um, so that feels good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, absolutely. A little redemption after all the other things. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, congratulations on that. That's it's. Um, and, and again, you know, like you said, you, you, you may not know about different layers of, of, any type of running, but certainly you start getting into trail running and you start getting into FKTs and, and, and even OKTs, which I don't know if, if, if you have any ideas for those, which, which for those that aren't familiar, only known time. So it's like, it's kind of finding a new trail or, or doing something in a different way that anybody has ever done it before. Um, but, uh, you know, anytime that you can, you can do something that no one has done before, I kind of feel like that's, that's going to be a, a nice little boost to the ego, no matter what. Yeah, for sure. It definitely feels good. It's like, wow, I, uh, did something no one's done before I beat everyone who's done mm-hmm. it before me um it's just a very different feeling it's like it's you're racing but it's also there's no competitors out there that day right. so you're like racing the clock and racing like the ghost of the people uh which is a whole different feeling uh which is it's fun it's, yeah. it was really fun Awesome. Awesome. Well, shifting, shifting gears a little bit before we wrap up today, Lauren, uh, and we kind of teased it at the beginning, but ultra ultra coast or sorry, I'm just going to screw this all up. East coast <laughs> ultra, um, little, little endeavor that you've got going on. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, uh, my partner, Tim and I are trying to do, uh, get a running store off the ground here in Atlanta. Um, we came up with the idea just because, uh, he ran his first 50 mile race earlier this year, his first ever 50, and of course I'm always running and stuff and there's just no store anywhere around that has the gear that we need. 
you know, there's like running stores, but it's pretty much road oriented. So it's all road shoes, maybe one trail shoe. They have headlights, but they're more headlights for cars not seeing you, not for lighting up the trail. You know, they just don't have the gear that we're looking for. Then you go to, there's REI and stuff like that, but they, uh, you know, they're a little bit more hiker Mm -hmm. backpacking oriented too. So we ended up buying all of our stuff online and we were actually trying to get some stuff last minute to go to a race out of town and there just wasn't a place to go to. So we just realized there's a need for it. Um, and he definitely has the, the entrepreneur marketing side of life. Uh, that's definitely out of my wheelhouse for sure. Uh, so it's more, <laughs> he is the expert in all that stuff. Uh, but we decided to try to look at opening a store but not just a store. We wanted to have it be like a bit more of a full experience. Um, so we have just started doing some group runs uh, out of, we did it out of Mulberry Gap, which is a like an adventure-based camp. was historically like a mountain bike mm-hmm. kind of camp up in the North Georgia mountains and like LJ. So we did a run there a couple of weeks ago. We have one in two more weeks coming up, uh, but just trying to get people around in the community and just like I was terrified of getting on trails to start with hoping to like help people be more comfortable making that leap and getting out there because um, I wouldn't be a trail runner today if I didn't have like a friend mm-hmm. to help me get out there and so hopefully we can help other people get out there as well you know and the idea is to hopefully do some other adventures like run camps or you know maybe even put on a race eventually stuff like that but just kind of be like an all-encompassing community uh hopefully offer some like training plans things like that eventually just kind of full service trail shop here in Atlanta that's awesome that's awesome and and um you know I, I'm sure and again being more of a road runner at this point in my life than, than a trail runner somebody who's dabbled enough to to understand exactly what you're saying about some of the stuff that that you know you headlamps or other type of light situations or various, just various odds and ends and things that like work great on the, on the road when there's, you know, like you said, to be visible to cars or when there's some, you know, there's the random road lights or things like that, that you don't need like your only sole source of light and you get out on the trail in the middle of the dark and you're like, yeah, this, this is not useful really at all. Um, so right. just to, just to have, a, to have the ability to, to get some of those types of products, like you said, kind of last minute, but also the, ex- the expertise of being able to talk to other trail runners like, oh, yeah, this stuff is this is good. This is not or this works in this situation or the battery life, all those types of things that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm an I'm an online kind of buyer. But at the same time, like you can only trust the reviews and stuff like that so much versus you go and you talk to somebody and they know what they're talking about. I mean, it's just like night and day different. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's one, you know, you can go to a road running store and get all the expertise and advice about anything that's in there. Um, but it'd be nice to have um, the same thing for trails. Um, and then just to have like a, a place for the community kind of gather and um, have, you know, similar kinds of runners wanting to do group runs together and stuff. Um, I think it'd be, it's a, a need, I think. And I think it'd be really fun. Um, so hopefully we'll get that. We'll have more details coming, but we have a spot that we think we're going to start with um, here near our neighborhood in Grant Park. Um, so hopefully more details soon to follow. Awesome. Awesome. And again, guys, it's eastcoastultra.co is the website uh, and kind of follow follow along. And those of you that are in the, the greater Atlanta area, uh, 
definitely check it out and and stay tuned and and you know support support a small business as it, as it starts to take off because uh it's 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 a pretty good has already you can tell she's passionate lauren's passionate about it and uh you know that that support in the early days is is vital for sure absolutely thank you yeah of course of course so as we're as we're wrapping this one up today lauren um, I like to, to close with something I call a philosophical question, which, which sometimes sounds a little bit scary, but basically it's like the introductory question, something kind of open-ended. Um, and you can kind of just take it, take it whichever, uh, direction you want to go with it. Um, but I, I'm curious, you know, it, it, at this point in your, in your running career from, from roads to trails, to ultras, to, to all the, the miles that you've logged and, and, you know, all the different places you've run, um, are there any uh, lessons learned or, or things that you've learned maybe about yourself, for, you know, through running, you know, kind of those types of things where like, you know, I feel like running is a great teacher. I feel like I've learned a lot of, of life lessons uh, in my, in my years in the sport. And I'm just curious if there's any, you know, one or two or a dozen or however many you were, you might be willing to share um, things that you've learned about yourself from your time on the roads and trails so far. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's taught me a whole, a whole lot of things. Um, mainly I think that you're stronger than you think you are. Um, you can do so much more than you think you can. Um, and that's been, I don't know, maybe not taught, but given a lot of self-confidence, um, a lot more self-confidence anyways, but, uh, just knowing like exploring the space and realizing that, uh, what you thought were limits before are definitely not. And, it also leaves me curious, like, well, what else is there? What else can I do? Um, but I think definitely just being stronger than you think you are, which I think, you know, goes to all areas of life, not just running, but it's, uh, you know, you'll face challenges in life. You're like, well, if I can like battle through 280 miles, surely I can get through this day, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Um, or this challenge or whatever it is, but I think it definitely leaves me feeling more capable of handling, just general life challenges, let alone like running challenges, um, for sure. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And as, as per usual, I'm just nodding my head the whole time going, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I can, I can totally relate with that. So, uh, once again, y'all East coast ultra.co is the website for the, uh, the soon to come, uh, ultra running store in Atlanta. So check that out, uh, on Instagram at lauren.runs.4.grilled.cheese. Uh, and also you can follow for the East coast ultra news at East Coast Ultra Co. Uh, on Instagram. Dizruns.com slash 1000 today is the show notes. Uh, link back to the show notes for today. All the links, all the photos, everything, as always, you can find there about today's episode. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1000. So, uh, Lauren, thanks thanks again for the time today. I certainly uh, appreciate it and wish you uh, nothing but the best going forward, on the both on the running front and on the let's 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 start a store front. I think it's it's awesome in both both places and anything that, uh, that I or we can do to help support either of those ventures, please uh, let me know. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Lauren and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your, uh, say it with me now. Take away du jour, du jour. Uh, for me, there, obviously, as always, there, there were a handful of things, several things, but I, I think maybe the the general theme that, that I'm kind of coming back to is just Lauren's willingness to just try something, give it a shot, see how it goes. It, it may be great, and it may uh, not go so well. Um, but however it goes, you can kind of learn something and, and 
you know, maybe kind of come back and, and have a better go of it the, the next time through. And, and, you know, from, from the running perspective, you know, I mean, obviously we talked about Leadville the first time not going so well, wasn't as trained as she wanted to be, you know, but, but you had your chance. Hey, let's, let's, let's make it, let's take it. Let's see how it goes. Um, give it a shot and, and, you know, win, lose or draw, you can kind of learn from it. You know, the, the Pinhody FKT thought things were going to be in a good place and, and things were in a good place, but you know, a 350 mile run, like, yeah, things can go wrong. Give it a shot. See how it goes. And in both cases, obviously, you know, kind of coming back to Leadville the, the next time, doing way better by by having that experience. You know, going out to the, the Georgia um, AT, FKT attempt, obviously much shorter, but still, still not an easy thing to do, having that experience and and going much better. And and I guess for me, that it just kind of... Um, you know, resonates or, or the, the, the reason that it's a takeaway is it's just a reminder that if you're going to wait until everything's perfect, till you think everything's perfect to try anything, if I'm going to wait until everything's perfect for a Boston qualifying attempt, uh, it might not ever get there because perfect. I don't know how often perfect ever really exists, but you know, if, if you, sometimes you roll the dice, give it a shot, see how it goes. It, it may go well. It may blow up in your face, but one way or the other, you're able to learn some things that you can use the next time. You know, you can, you can learn from a bad race. You can learn from a rough training cycle. You can learn from, you know, hopefully not an injury, but you can learn from those types of setbacks to put yourself in a better position next time to, to make some adjustments to the training philosophy, to how much rest you're getting, to doing the little things, whatever the case might be. And, and, I think that if I'm if I'm honest with myself, a lot of times I'm um, maybe guilty of of trying to wait till things are are perfect or till the the result is more likely guaranteed to put myself out there and try it. Versus, hey, you know, here's an opportunity. Let's see what happens, and then you know, one way or the other, learn from it going forward. So that's my takeaway. Uh, you know, just just try it. Just try it. You never know. You never know how it might go. And you might just surprise yourself sometimes by trying something before you think you're ready. You might actually be ready. You know, not saying, just saying. But anyway, that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Let me know. At Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. You can also, also head over to the show notes for today. Uh, we got, you know, some photos from, from some of Lauren's adventures. We've got links, obviously, as well. Uh, and down there at the bottom, we got the, the comment section. You can leave your thoughts and feedbacks, comments and takeaways right there on the show notes for today's episode, which you can get to at Dizruns.com. Slash one zero 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 disruns.com slash one thousand taking you back to the show notes for today. Once again, thanks for uh for for just being part of this this endeavor. This whatever you want to call it, this journey. Not exactly my favorite, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a buzzwordy type of thing, but I guess it it has been a journey, that's for sure. Um closing in on seven and a half years, crossing over into into four digit territory, uh, episode one thousand. Again, thanks for, for listening to one episode or, or, I don't know, anybody that's been here since day one, I, I know that there's been a few folks over the years that have, have been around for a long time. If you've been here since day one, let me know. Um, if you started listening back in July of 2014 and you're still going strong, oh, hat tip. Thank you for, for putting up with this nonsense for seven and a half years almost and hopefully put up with it for another, uh, you know, at least seven and a half weeks, maybe seven and a half months, maybe seven, another seven and a half years and we'll, we'll you know get to episode 2000 eventually but in all seriousness y'all thank you for for the time and the attention thanks for helping to spread the word all you do to to keep me going uh if if me putting this thing out on a bi-weekly basis helps keep you going 
um, then it's absolutely my pleasure. And, and uh, until next time, y'all be well. Thanks again for listening. Here's to another thousand. Till next time, take care. See you guys.